0: Expand and Impact, internal transformation for external impact. Achieve your goals without sacrificing yourself. I'm Violetta Znarkowski, but you can call me Violet. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Expand and Impact podcast. I'm your host, Violetta, and this is a space where we discuss how you can create a successful life that is an authentic expression of you. And we also explore the intersection between personal development and gender equality. I want to start off this episode by asking you a question that actually came up in my stories on Instagram the other day. How skilled are you at recognizing when it's time to say no and walk away from something or someone, and when it's appropriate to challenge yourself and your beliefs and lean in and say yes? One thing all of the women I work with have in common is a determined work ethic. And by finding yourself here, right now, listening to this, there's a very big chance that you too consider yourself hardworking, dedicated, determined, ambitious, someone who doesn't like to take no for an answer. You may even find yourself leaning into any resistance you experience in your work and your life. Seeing it as a challenge to overcome, to be, to prove to yourself and others that you can do it, that it can be done. If any of this resonates, then I need to say that this is an extremely, an extremely beautiful and powerful quality that has helped you get to where you are today. That has helped you dream up a vision for yourself and your life and take the necessary actions to fulfill it. It's a quality that pushes you to keep going and not give up when things are hard, and also a quality that keeps things exciting in your life, whether it's that push to play as hard as you work or seek new opportunities for yourself that grow you and your status. And yet, the same quality, this drive, can be the very thing that increases stress in your life and pushes you to burn out. This drive often motivates you to stay in toxic situations, whether a toxic job or a relationship, for way too long. There's a belief here that nothing good or worthwhile comes easily, and that you have to make certain sacrifices in order to achieve the type of life and career that you want. You may even be able to recall a time when you stayed somewhere for too long and started to notice yourself getting more anxious feeling more on edge, hypervigilant, frustrated, angry even. This was me, believe it or not, for a very long time. And when I say a long time, I mean some of my earliest memories are of me, little me, pushing through challenges and resistance, even as a little girl. I was always playing with the boys, pushing to run faster, jump higher, drink more. And I'm so grateful today for that younger version of me who didn't take defeat as a sign of failure, but a challenge to lean in and try again. Sometimes, though, the very things that push us to achieve our goals, be responsible, and be leaders are the very things that drain us of our energy, our connection to self, and can even lead us astray. A few years ago, I was working and living in Hong Kong. Needless to say, the work environment was pretty toxic. Not only that, but the majority of us staff were living in a foreign country without any of our personal support systems, and there wasn't really a safe space to lean into for support within the organization. But I wasn't one to lean into support anyway. I was strong and I was independent, and I could handle it all on my own. Does this sound familiar? Now, I want to acknowledge that everyone's experience is their own and how someone experiences an event in their life differs on a lot of different things that aren't visible to the human eye, like their motives, intention, expectations, their age, the color of their skin, or their gender, where they come from and the people and environments that have shaped them throughout their life, the state of their mental health in that moment whether or not they feel supported and safe. Two people can work in the same place or grow up under the same roof and have completely different experiences because no situation or environment is ever the same for each individual. So this is a recall of my own experience from a pivotal time in my life that pushed me to my maximum edge and set the trajectory for how I am today, the work I do, and how I interact with life. And I want to share it with you today because it ties into this question that I asked at the start of this episode. This quality that you may have as well that's leaning into resistance and taking any resistance you experience as a challenge that can be overcome and that should be overcome. Being a female leader in a male dominated space does something to you when. All you want to do is be seen for your capabilities, for your potential, and to be treated with respect and like an equal. Finding yourself working for an organization that creates the expectation that working extremely long hours, six days a week, like I was working, with only one day off in between, and that doesn't take into account that employees are humans, and that this work structure doesn't exactly complement our physiological capacity to sustain such a big workload without burning out. This also does something to you. It creates the expectation that just because there is an industry standard that is considered normal, it doesn't make it compatible with the capacity of our human physiology. Just because something is normalized doesn't mean it's right. It's not a coincidence that someone like me who has always been driven and prided herself on how much she can handle, how much I can handle, that I found myself neck deep in an industry that gave me exactly what I was used to, and that's challenges. Nothing ever felt easy. Whether it was the challenge of getting a promotion, training and leading teams, working extremely long hours without the space to have a personal life being away from my support system, constantly changing my environment and having to adapt and adjust over and over again, it's not a coincidence that this is the career that I chose. You don't find yourself in situations you can't handle. And these same situations will be your biggest teachers if and only if you open yourself up to be taught. If you open yourself up to receive the lessons the challenges you face are trying to teach you. If you don't, then they will keep happening. Replicating the same outcomes until you absorb it as an identity. For example, this always happens to me or break the cycle and ask, what is this trying to teach me? What am I not seeing? Some challenges are there to help you grow. To push you to your next level of evolution and leadership. And some challenges show up as tests of your growth. They're there to ask are you going to lean in again and make the same decision, one that leaves you feeling completely at capacity, or are you ready to make a different choice? This, I think, is one of the hardest lessons as ambitious women that we have to learn. It goes against our very nature and everything that we're used to. After all, we're not the type of person who gives up or gives in or walks away. And with this type of thinking, this narrow-minded thinking, really, of believing that the way we handle adversity or challenges or resistance is perhaps a personality trait, because it isn't, what follows is the experience of guilt and shame. This type of thinking takes away the opportunity of growth, of expansion. Suddenly, despite our successes, we feel a strong sensation of not good enough, not smart enough, not experienced enough, not fit enough, which pulls you further away from the present moment, further away from Seeing and being with all that you have achieved and learned to this point and pulling you away from your power. Suddenly, you don't feel like the grown woman you are. You feel like the little girl who was always compared to someone else or criticized or told that she should settle down, be quiet, stop taking up so much space. And instead of expansion, you experience a contraction. And when you feel small and not like the age you really are, maybe a bit insecure, inadequate. Consider how you treat yourself in those moments from that energy. How do you treat life? How do you show up in your work? What thoughts do you have and how do you feel? And this, my friends, is the danger of normalizing, being challenged and pushing our limits all of the time without having the clarity to Truly know when we've had enough, when you've had enough, and when it's time to say no and walk away. Hustle culture today and this constant need for striving, doing more, seeing more, being more, healing more, achieving more, is perpetuating a culture of disconnection. It's perpetuating moving through life with force instead of from a space of deep grounding and presence. Grounding, presence, calm, confidence is a physiological state. It is something that occurs in the body first, not in the mind. Let me share with you what that means. The more you push your outer limits and view resistance as a challenge to be overcome, the bigger the lows will be. The more energy you output, like working long hours or having an increased mental load, the more time you will need to rest to balance out your nervous system. What goes up must come down. These are the laws of nature. This is also nervous system work, and we explore it in depth through the teachings of Expand and Impact. This is also why modern work culture and constantly challenging yourself is not conducive to your physiology. And the only way culture changes, the only way we can see change on a macro level is if we change on an individual level, a micro level. If we expand on a physiological level. This starts with learning, truly learning and coming into resonance with When you are at capacity, when your system, you as an individual are at capacity, physically, mentally, emotionally, and also having a system to support yourself and tools to bring balance back into your body, back into your mind and back into your life, to bring you back home to yourself when things get tough, when things are starting to become a little bit too much. When you learn to operate from this space, from this energy, that's when you start to see more consistent and lasting change in your thoughts and your emotions and your behaviors and your actions and in your physical reality. This is not something we are taught to do. In fact, we live in a culture that teaches us to do the exact opposite, to listen to everyone and put our energy into everyone and everything before ourselves. But the more resonant we become with who we are, what we really want, what we value in life, the more our choices every day reflect that. It becomes very clear when it's time to lean into a challenge, and when it's okay to say no, when it's okay to walk away. I know this may be something really hard to conceptualize, especially when you're used to being available to everyone and everything. In my Instagram stories that inspired this episode, I shared what happened to me on a multi-day hike I was doing in New Zealand just the other week. I hope by sharing this example with you, it can give you another illustration of how this work looks in real time and how your life begins to change when you are committed to change. When you are committed to that internal exploration and internal connection as a pathway to bringing more balance, bringing more authenticity, bringing more calm and more courage and more capacity to handle life stresses into your life and into your career so that you can thrive and not merely feel like you are just getting by and surviving, waiting for that next moment where you can rest and slow down. So I was in New Zealand the other week, and I was in the mountains for about seven days with only a day or two in between trips. I was out hiking. I had already walked about 95 kilometers, so that's like about 59 miles, When I had a complete meltdown on the trail, which is very unlike me. I've never had a meltdown on the trail. I've usually been the one supporting meltdowns on the trail, but I guess um, time caught up with me and it was my turn. I was simply pushed to my mental and physical max. I was mentally and physically fatigued. But long story short, there was an opportunity to do a day hike to an alpine lake the next day. The estimated walk time for this hike was about four to eight hours, and the terrain was supposed to be just as challenging as the day before, which was very, very challenging. And this is coming from a very experienced outdoor lady who did this type of exploration and adventuring for 10 years professionally. And all I'm going to say about it is I wasn't expecting how hard it would be. I felt so conflicted when I woke up that next morning and had reservations about actually doing this next part of the hike. A part of me wanted to go, of course. I was already there and everyone we talked to said it was so worth it to go up to this lake even if you were tired, even if you were sore. But then there was another part of me that was so tired. I was so tired. And I've just had enough. I just needed to rest. My body needed to have more time to recover and to recuperate. Now, as recently as a few years ago, maybe even 2019, the start of 2019, this driven adventure in me would have pushed forward and carried on, of course. I knew there was still some juice I could squeeze out of my muscles to get myself up this mountain and back down. And a couple years ago, I most likely would have went on, but I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it, and I most likely would have even gotten hurt in the process because I was so fatigued already. But this time, I made a different decision. I made a different choice. I decided to stay behind on my own and spend the day resting and recovering. Now... As any high achiever knows who leans into resistance and doesn't shy away from a challenge, this was an extremely difficult decision for me to make. It's taken me a lifetime to get to this level of clarity and resonance. It's taken pushing myself to my maximum edge one too many times where I hit burnout completely and got physically sick in the process. This is actually how my time in Hong Kong ended. And on top of the burnout and on top of being physically sick, I actually fell into the depths as well into a really deep depression that had me scared for my life. This was the result of pushing myself to my limits, of not truly knowing when I've had enough and whether it was a smart idea for me to stay In a challenging situation, in a challenging environment, and put my work before myself, my health, and my well-being. But this time, in the mountains, even though I felt that internal pressure to go on and do this day hike, despite what I was noticing within my body, I was hearing these voices telling me to go on and not to be a little... You know how that sentence ends... And I was also able to notice a more subtle and quiet voice at the same time, my intuition guiding me, telling me quietly, no, love, you don't have to do this. You don't have to go. It's okay for you to stay back and rest. You have nothing to prove and there will be other opportunities. For years, this loud voice guided me, and I'm so grateful to that loud voice, even in my younger years, because it's gotten me to where I am today, and your loud voice has gotten you to where you are today, but it takes practice and a whole different skill set to be able to come into attunement with that quieter voice, the one that has your best interest at heart, and the one that knows what you need and when you need it. And that has the courage to ask for it and to take aligned action towards it. Often, the right decisions for your health and well being that will actually accelerate your growth and your progress because you won't reach those levels of stress and burnout that actually set you back and make you feel completely drained of energy are the hardest ones to make at first. It is a skill to learn how to hear yourself and truly understand what you need to keep yourself in balance, to keep yourself in peace. And this self-connection is really an invaluable asset to being an authentic and influential leader. We often measure ourselves against others to gauge where we should be or what we should be able to do, how much we should be able to handle. This is the fault of the deeply ingrained competitive nature of our culture. We are taught that there isn't enough for everyone and that you have to compete with others for what you want. We may also measure ourselves against a past version of ourselves, what we used to be able to do and what we used to be able to handle. So when we fall short of what we think we should be able to do, we experience disappointment, guilt, shame, and even anger. This comparison isn't fair to the version of yourself that exists right now in the present moment. However, or whatever you measure yourself against isn't reality, because it's taking your attention away from the present moment. The moment right now, right here, is the only moment that exists. This is reality how you feel right now, how you are experiencing right now, how much you are able to handle right now. Challenging your comfort zone is essential for growing and progressing as a human. This we know for sure, this you know for sure, I'm sure. Growth cannot happen when we are always comfortable and choosing the familiar. This we know for sure. You have to make different choices and have different experiences to get different results. This we know for sure. But challenging yourself too far outside of your zone of tolerance, what your nervous system has the capacity to handle, can actually set you back. It's what creates the really big highs that you experience and those really big lows. Making it feel like achieving a deeper sense of calm and grounding that lasts isn't actually possible. That's why a period of working extremely long hours, for example, leaves you feeling completely empty to where you need more time to recover and come back to life after. So you swing between feeling productive and capable and feeling lazy and useless. This is something we have to unlearn as a collective. We have to unlearn these big pendulum swings, these really big highs and these really big lows and making that the expectation and how we are supposed to experience our work and our life and our relationships. We have to gently remove it from the lining of our society because it is creating a culture of individuals feeling disconnected from themselves, from their work, from each other and from life. So how do you strengthen the muscle of knowing when to lean out and say no thank you versus leaning in and saying yes, even if something is going to be hard? You may not like this answer because it's not as tangible as having a financial plan or having specific steps to follow like a one through five. But here it is. The more you prioritize your own growth and expansion, the deeper and clearer the connection you have with yourself will become. When you operate from a place of deep presence and self-connection, you know what choices to make. You can tell when you're making a decision based on someone else's expectations of you, or fear, or even past traumas. And when you're making a decision because you genuinely want to do something, Or be a part of something. So how can we develop a deeper connection to self? How can that look like? Well, if you want some tangible steps, this is what I have for you. Spend more time with yourself without distractions. This is often the hardest thing to do. Because when we're alone and it's quiet... The things we don't want to see start to surface, but the things beneath the surface are the very things that will be signposts to deeper clarity. Meditation is excellent for this. Just five minutes a day is enough to start to create some more space to see things through a new lens and from a different perspective. I actually have an archive of meditations you can access for free if you are interested, It's, you just have to go to my Instagram, the link tree in it, and you can access my meditation archive there for free. So go ahead and um, get on that if it interests you. Something else you can do is you can consider journaling. Start by writing down your thoughts, any thoughts that come to your mind. This is called externalization and just see what comes up and out of you. You don't need any prompts to do this, although they can be very helpful to get you started if you don't have a journaling practice. You can get so many free journal prompts if that's what you're looking for online. Just Google it, whatever topic you want to explore, put it into Google, and there'll be like hundreds of journal prompts that you can access for free. Another thing that you can try is practicing mindfulness. Now, there are many different ways you can practice mindfulness in your life. And the way I recommend right now, given this conversation and the things that we discussed and covered, is to see if a walking mindfulness practice works for you. So journaling and meditating usually require you to sit down, sit still. And if you practice a walking mindfulness practice, so it'll be like a walking meditation, taking yourself outside and beginning to tune into your senses. So what you can see, what you can hear, what you can smell, what you can feel. And starting to train your awareness to become more sensitive to how you are experiencing the present moment. Now, the reason why I'm recommending doing this walking is to get in the habit of really checking in to see what your body needs in this moment right now. So sometimes meditating can be really calming and really soothing, but depending on the activation and the state of your nervous system, that can actually be really triggering instead and have the opposite effect of what you intended to be. So it could actually create more stress for you than it does relaxation, grounding, and calm. So... By adding a practice, a self-reflection practice that you can do walking, what actually begins to happen in the body is you start to mobilize some of the adrenaline that's beneath the surface, creating more balance as you're moving. This is why, like I mentioned, sometimes meditation doesn't work when you are feeling really on edge and really stressed. So the things that I've mentioned so far, and I'll name a couple more in just a moment, are not only great for self-reflection and deepening your resonance with yourself and deepening that self-connection, so self-reflection helps with self-connection, but these are also strategies that you can incorporate into your life to help you manage your stress because the more you learn to manage your stress and handle all of the ups and downs life inevitably throws at you and will continue to throw at you because That's the natural cycle of life. There's ups and there's downs. But our ability to be able to move through life like a wave with more flow without being impacted by it and having it define us and make us lose our center, lose our sense of grounding. These things also help with self-connection. It is physiologically impossible to have a deep connection to self and to the moment and be present when your body is under a lot of stress or when you are experiencing stress in your life. But learning how to manage that stress, learning how to metabolize it in your physical body better. so embodiment, taking the things that we know and connecting with them and integrating them into our mind, into our mind and into our body, that is, something that is absolutely essential on this journey. Now, this next one's my favorite. It's playing. (laughs) Playing and having more fun. There is so much science to support the impacts of play on our brain and on our physiology. And play is something as adults that we become disconnected from Compared to kids, kids take play so seriously that they don't even know that there is a different world around them. Play is their reality. And yet, as adults, we use play as a reward to our hard work, when actually, pleasure is our birthright. Playing and having fun is something you can just do more often. It's not something you have to earn. Something else you can do is The practice of saying no by starting with small things and noticing what comes up for you. Saying no to maybe a family dinner if you're tired, for example, or no to working overtime if that's a possibility for you. Take an inventory of where all of your energy is going and change just one small thing to redirect some of that energy back onto yourself. And if you're ready to invest both with your time and your money, finding a mentor, a coach, or even a therapist who has the skill set that you're looking for is invaluable and something that I would recommend to invest in when you are feeling ready for that step. And there is a biological reason as to why I wouldn't omit this step in the process of deepening your self-connection and developing your self-leadership in this way. But I'm not going to expand on it too much right now, except to say that we are biologically wired for connection and that we're not meant to do these things alone. To continue growing yourself and expanding the capacity of your nervous system, you actually need to do it with other people, with someone else. Lastly, This is the most important one. Don't forget to be kind to yourself. We have a tendency to judge ourselves for struggling with things that we think should be easy. But ask yourself this. Who told you this was meant to be easy if it was never modeled for you or taught? I don't know about you, but I didn't grow up with examples of adults in my life who were deeply connected to themselves and their values. I did know a lot of people on the other hand who sacrificed themselves and modeled that for me. Sacrificed themselves for others and disregarded their own needs and called it love or called it noble. We find ourselves with a unique opportunity in history right now. If you are listening to this episode, then I want to tell you that you are privileged. Yes, privilege is a spectrum, but you have privilege that many other people around the world don't have because you are connected to the internet and actually listening to this podcast, which means you feel safe enough and you have enough resources to take care of your fundamental needs. And from this space, we get to ask bigger questions and learn and grow in ways our ancestors couldn't. And that is a very special opportunity. On that note, I think this is an excellent place to end this episode right now. My hope is that there may be even just one sentence, one idea that was shared here today that provoked some thought in you, that made you consider something you haven't before. But as always, the invitation here is to take what resonates and leave what doesn't. And if you've ever responded to any of the letters I sent through email or contacted me with your thoughts about this podcast, I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. I love hearing from you and want to invite you right now as well to stop what you're doing if you're not driving and to please go ahead and leave a five-star written review of this podcast. Where in the early stages at the moment, and now is the time that these reviews can really help push these conversations into more ears, so we can have a bigger impact. It won't take you long either; probably just three minutes to do it. And before you submit it, you can actually take a screenshot of your written review, and you can send it to me through email to Violetta at ExpandandImpact.com. My name is spelled V-I o-l-e-t-t-a at expandandimpact.com and you'll receive a free audio gift from me which is a practice that you can do at home straight away to start to integrate some of the ideas that we discussed here. Well that's it for this week. Cheers to your help, wealth, and happiness and I'll catch you in the next episode. Remember, expansive education plus inspired action equals an impactful life. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram at expandandimpact.